0: see Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan, where Mike is already touching me an uncomfortable amount this morning, but do I'm too to far away to HR? from HR. Okay. We're too far away. I miss my wife. To do, oh, my gosh. That makes it much, much worse. We are going to, this time, for real, Just talk to bro? Josh Young. We have this, different phones. You can... <laughs> You can do it we on We just Google. talked about this with Taylor yeah, Hearn. Yeah, <laughs> Taylor Hearn is so mad at me for not having an iPhone. All right, we got. we we're going to talk with Josh Young in just a little bit, but we have a whole bunch of different directions we can go here. Spring Training Showcase. Do you want to start with Lighter and Rocker? Do you want to start with our conversation with Ezekiel Duran about hating the Yankees? What direction oh. would, would you like he to go? He got traded
1: from the Yankees, right?
0: Oh, yeah. We had a great conversation. What do you want to talk about the well, Lakers I'm, I'm, going down in flames?
1: No, I'm interested in this Ezekiel Duran conversation because I was was in there talking to Josh Smith and having a good time.
2: All right, so uh, we we were talking to him about being traded here last year and how quickly, like, you know, that all happened for him. And yeah. he was like, you know, I, I got here the first week. It was kind of tough. But then, the, you know, I get in the lineup, and all of a sudden, you know, everyone made me feel comfortable, and I just went out there and played baseball. And that, that was the thing in the line that really, look, it's the same baseball. And it's, it's very difficult, Mike. I think – I don't know if it was for you to, to convince yourself of that, it's the same baseball I've been playing my entire life. A lot of times you kind of get caught up in some things that go on. And then, uh, and then I think the question went, was something around, uh, around the Yankees and how we hate them and how we've always hated the Yankees organization here. And Ezekiel Duran looked at Kevin and said, but why? And, I love that and way. Mike... When you when you ask Kevin a question like that, do you mm. think he's prepared with an answer or Oh no?
1: yes, he loves wise. <laughs> so
2: I will I will go as Ezekiel Duran here and look at Kevin and go but why do you hate the Yankees?
0: I'm really glad that you asked that. When I was watching the Rangers as a kid, the first time they ever made the playoffs was 1996. They roll up to Yankee Stadium, win that first playoff game. Juan Gonzalez goes insane, boom, we're unstoppable. unstoppable. What happens after that? The Yankees win the next three games. Yeah. Next time we get back to the playoffs, Sweet. 1998, the Yankees win three games. Next time we make it back, 1999, Sweet. the Yankees win the next three games. We lost nine straight mm. games in the playoffs to the Yankees, and they won the World Series every single year and he just looks at me and he goes yeah yeah okay <laughs> he was like i understand that's makes, pretty, that makes yeah sense. <laughs> and i asked him i was like is that fair and he goes that's pretty fair and so we said so you're gonna hate the yankees now and he goes no they gave me an opportunity he gave a really great answer it was a really nice answer actually and then cory looked at me he goes but they also traded you right it was, it was <laughs> and he that goes that's really just, funny
2: that's just part of the business so he's, he's a good guy i'm rooting for him out in left field but mike what he told us this morning is like he is doing everything he's like i just want to play yeah. and i don't know mike how often those guys get like oh man they they're doing all the hustle they're The Rusty Greer always felt like that guy because all the other guys on the team just seemed different, and Rusty Greer was, I'm going to hustle on every play. But Rusty also had a different caliber he could reach.
1: So I'm glad you're bringing this up because I'm going to talk to Bochy about this. There's a former teammate of mine that most people won't remember. His name is Marco Scudero, and he was on their world championship team, and he won the NLCS MVP and had a big World Series, I believe, in 2012, if I have my years right. He made one all-star team in his career late in his career with San Francisco. And players like that have been eliminated from baseball. So Marco Scudero helps, uh, you know, less than 10 years ago, or or about 10 years ago, it's either 12 or 14. He helps the San Francisco Giants win a World Series. Without Marco Scudero, maybe they don't win the NLCS. Maybe they're not in the World Series. And over the last about six years, general managers slash the analytic teams have eliminated Marco Scudero's from Major League Baseball. They say they're worthless and they're not valuable at all. Well, Ezekiel Duran does fall into that category. I think Josh Smith, who I was talking to, falls into that category. I think that they are very valuable players. No, not as valuable as Seager or Simeon or guys that can be all-star players. But you need these guys on your team. You need somebody, and you need multiple bodies to get to first base. Your job is to get to first base. If you can get to first base, maybe take a little bit of of that – concentration on the hitter away to you because you are a good base runner that gives let's just say 10% less concentration to Marcus Simeon who's now up because you're batting late in the order and now Simeon hits a double in the gap and you can score from first base because you're a good base runner you just got to first base so now even the
2: infielders kind of have to adjust a little yeah bit too they have to so go, go to double run. play depth yeah. and
1: all of a sudden now there's maybe a, a little bit more hole in the infield to, for a seeing eye ground ball to get through so I, I think Bochi understands that And I think analytic people don't understand that at all. And so I think that Ezekiel Duran or Josh Smith, I'm not saying they're going to be everyday players. They might be. But those players are very valuable. Mm -hmm. And those guys at the back end of your lineup are supposed to – figure out how to get to first base i don't need you hitting 25 home runs do you think one of the things i was listening to buster olney
0: and one of the things that was being discussed outside of pace of play i get it all the rules everyone's focused on pace of play pace of play but the other thing is especially with the shift a lot more action a lot more of maybe those types of hits Will be integrated back into baseball do you think because we saw the tide shift heavily in the last seven to ten years one direction do you think it's going to shift back i'm not saying all the way but to a certain extent where maybe those players become more desirable as well yes
1: because uh for example was a great defensive second baseman. Now, second baseman is secure for the Texas Rangers for a long time. All of a sudden, you're going to have to now start looking at second baseman as more defensive players because they got to cover the right side of the field. Your first baseman is usually a guy, on on average, not going to be that fleet of foot, not going to cover a lot of ground. And that second baseman now has to play on the dirt, on that side of the field, and has to cover most of the right side. So that guy, all of a sudden, becomes more important, and so – I think there's going to be times where teams are going to start having to choose how important is defense again. Because I think teams with the shift, we've talked to Woody uh, you know, about it last year, and I know Woody's a very analytical manager, mm-hmm. would really love the numbers, and he said, he told us on the air, that defense isn't as important anymore because we can shift guys into the spots where we think they're going to hit it. And if we're right about our analytics, we don't need them to cover ground. We're going to just put them in the right position to catch the ball.
2: The uh, I don't want to give him this label because I don't want every Rangers fan listener out there to be like, well, that's just what he is. But there is there are some things about Duran that remind me of a young Elvis, yeah. And that he he was a good infielder, Uh, the baseball player. Yeah, yes, not the not Elvis Presley. But there, you know, even whenever Elvis was with with the Rough Riders, there were moments where you're like, oh man, difficult play. Wow, he just made it easy play. Sent it off into the stands, and you're like, what just happened? But even when it came to he's not hitting for power, right? He's inside out the ball. Yeah, and and I know that Duran can pull the ball a little better than actually Elvis did back in back in the day. But that's where I'm kind of like, man his place might not his most his best use might not be with this team but there are a lot of things to root for him about
1: well any if you think about Ezekiel Duran I'm going to throw Josh Smith in there too because I think only one of them will make the team I'm not 100% sure yeah, about that be, if I you're mean, totally grossman
2: is starting his third game today
1: yeah if you're totally healthy I think one of those guys makes the team but their their job is I know Marcus Simeon doesn't want to miss any games, right? I mean, he got mad. He got really mad last year when he got benched. for. And it wasn't benching for a game. They're like, listen, you're struggling so much uh, early in the year. Let's give you a day off and see if you can reset. You do that with a lot of guys. But with a guy who has, I don't know, a 300-plus game streak, he was just like, no, I I play every day. I don't want to ever sit out a game. I'm healthy. I'm ready to go. Let's play baseball. But your guy like Ezekiel Duran – has to be able to give Simeon a day off, Seeger a day off, Young a day off if he needs it. Left field, you like the matchup, play in left field some. You know, I'm sure left field's going to be a platoon position for I'm going to guess the first six weeks. And then I'm sure that Bruce Bochy at that point is going to hope that after six weeks, after about 30 games of baseball, he has a guy that he really likes a lot more playing every day. Because Hunter Pence, remember, came in here as just, hey, you'll play every once in a while. He made a freaking all-star team because he played so well, you know, DH, a little bit of outfield. So – I love guys like Ezekiel Durand. They are so valuable to teams. They're not the most valuable player and will never be. Like David Eckstein for the Angels. Yeah, I hated yeah. him, right? But he was just <laughs> a son of a bee who would just figure out, how did that guy fart a ball over the shortstop's head again to get on first base? And he's, you know? scrappy,
2: on, he's scrappy on the bases, man. He was yeah. a- absolutely one of those guys the the lighter thing though Kevin i think is oh, and is exi- rocker this is exciting today man this is I we're, am we're here we're, we're here sitting behind it. home plate yes. as soon
1: as our show is over we might take wireless out to the bullpen a wireless doesn't work on the backfield sorry if my phone wasn't sounding the best but i had to use the phone wireless doesn't go all the way back to the backfields is we might take the wireless cuz i believe it'll work in the bullpen so maybe during crosstalk One of us goes out there and we talk about lighter and what his bullpen is looking like right before he takes the mound for his, uh, spring, I think well, first we could, spring game. We might be
2: able to do that uh, for G-Bag, too, if uh, if we, they want us to do that, where if Rocker's warming up out there, we could pop out there for – if they're interested in that. I don't know. I won't. They're you can show. do that,
1: but I'm going to want to sit literally behind home plate and just for watch probably approximately, from what I understand, about 30, yeah. 30 pitches, two innings for both guys. So the first 60 pitches of the game should be from the Vandy boys.
0: And these will decide whether no, or not these guys no, are going to be aces. No, 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 no. But – you, we're excited we're here. Hopefully our audience is excited about it, but I'm really curious to the, our Twolos and our Tolos is, are you excited about this, say, Eight seven seven eight eight one one zero five three, or are you thinking, yeah, it's spring training, you all told us people are working on stuff as opposed to just results-oriented, or are you going to be more excited when you see, you know, lighter back in frisco or you see rocker at high a or whatever the case might be or are you excited for this today because I've, i have to admit being here and what we heard not only lighter would be pitching but rocker would be pitching after him i am also really so for this reggie
1: game. you're saying that it's not Jack Leiter starting because we've been told all day yesterday uh, that Leiter is starting.
0: Yeah, according to Texas Rangers PR on Twitter, uh, oh, no. the Rangers lineup includes left-handed pitcher Cody Bradford. Now Levi Weaver of the Athletic at two at three two Efas on Twitter says uh, they asked Bochi and he didn't really give a reason as to why it's uh, why it's Bradford. However, he just said lighter and rocker would get some work in the middle innings. Okay.
2: Oh, well, that's hey, it. I'm out of here. Well,
1: we still get to watch.
2: You get to watch.
1: Well, I am. <laughs> and guess what? Tomorrow on the webcast on TexasRangers.com, I make my radio debut with the Texas Rangers. Do what? I'm calling the game with Jared Sandler. Are you serious? And Dustin May, I have his phone number. It's amazing. Dustin May <laughs> is the starting amazing. pitcher. For the L.A. Dodgers. Uh, so tomorrow, I don't know who the Rangers starting pitcher is. Obviously, it can change within the minute. Um, but uh, I'll be uh, on the uh, TexasRangers.com webcast with Jared Sandler calling the Dodgers-Rangers game tomorrow. So in your face. Are K&C you going to be playing Master this Beans.
0: straight up, or are you going to be doing bits and stuff, or are you going to give out Dustin May's phone number slowly during the game?
1: I will. Well, I won't guarantee anything, <laughs> but I guarantee if you're not listening, you're missing out. Okay, that's a guarantee. Dang man, I was really looking forward to the start. The lighter
2: start. They Well, he's still it. pitching. Yeah. yeah, I mean he is pitching, and we'll just we'll find out at some point. There. Yeah. I, wa-
1: I wonder. He was this. sitting on the pitcher's couch today. Yeah, I yeah. don't know this. I wonder this. Do they want to give him more minor leaguers to face? Then at the start of the game, usually uh, you're going to see four or five major leaguers in the lineup. This early in spring training by the 3rd 4th inning you start taking out your kind of everyday players that have gotten in at bat or two. And I'm wondering if they're looking at it with Jack Struggles last year. I'm just wondering this. I would think about this if I was the manager or pitching coach. Hey, do we want to throw him out there against major leaguers in his first appearance or do we want to obviously pitch him in major league camp but maybe give him guys that he might have faced last year in double A? That makes sense
0: to me but I can't help but like let the mind and hype run wild if he just like ran through the major leaguers like i well, know you, have to throw oh, yeah. you can't run okay you yeah. know what i mean but i know what happened last year but if he did you we would all be like oh my god The yeah.
2: future is now yeah no i mean we would be talking about well, the starting I think when Boch
1: comes up you can ask what's your deal yeah what's <laughs> hey what's your deal Boach? <laughs> what- did we ever fully explain
0: that <laughs> we were gonna f- do that up at the super bowl <laughs> what are you what why
2: <laughs> just why man explain it to us because we want to know that was
0: yeah. that was mike's idea because we had a lot of people on at the super bowl and some might not be as well known as others and mike's idea was some of the people who came up who didn't have the bigger names mike would just go so hey what's your deal what's your deal (laughs) at that point why not ask everybody that just make it a running for
2: sure hey evan smith what's your deal just see what they say you know just see how they respond to the whole thing because you never know what people are going to say that's a great point
1: (laughs) or you just say hey what's your name and then they say their name you're like nice to meet you thanks for the interview (laughs) <laughs>
2: that is Mike's little clubhouse interview right now. He's walking up, going, What's your name? And they have a plate right above them, but Mike's um, like, No, nah, I'm ignoring that. I'm just going to ask them. Because it might not be them. What if they were pulling a bit on us, Kevin, and they decided to swap all the seats on us?
0: See, in that
1: case, I feel like Mike would immediately be Dang like, it. I'm sorry, I can't read. <laughs> I met a,
0: just a mess. With I him. met a
1: guy today next to Josh Smith. His name is Travis. He has long hair, and I want to say his last name was like Zapinsky or Rapinsky or something. I'm not exactly sure. But I've kind of asked, "What's his deal?" He seemed like a nice guy.
0: Okay, I'm <laughs>
1: looking at
0: the thing alphabetically, and it stops at W. I don't oh, know what his no. name. So he's
1: a nice guy he's from Stony Brook. Went to oh, Stony was Brook. it
0: Travis Jankowski? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> he was in right field. I, field yesterday. I got this
1: i got the ski right
0: there you did he was in right field yesterday we're the knc masterpiece right here on 105 through the fan i guess bringing you all the info you need to know live from spring training coming up next what are the storylines you're most interested in during the nfl offseason because i think one or two of them are about to happen we'll do that next right here on 105 through the fan KNC masterpiece back here on 105 through the fan. Right now, we bring to you the man that we all hope: Texas Rangers third baseman extraordinaire, Josh Young. Good morning, sir. Good morning. How y'all doing? We're doing good. Thank you for coming back again. You came up here at this time yesterday. We were having technical difficulties. And we appreciate you coming back. Which one of your teammates do you think would not have come back? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I love that. (laughs) I'm not throwing
3: anybody under the bus, but that would be kind of funny. Taylor Hearn. I'm going to say Taylor (laughs) Hearn. Yeah, Yeah. he's still mad I have an Android.
4: (laughs) Yeah, we've been
0: getting into a debate with Taylor Hearn, among others. Do you have an iPhone or an Android? iPhone. OK, well, I'm going to lose. this. Yeah, I think
2: I'm like up for nothing right now. So, this yeah,
0: I have an Android. My wife doesn't like it. Apparently, Taylor Hearn doesn't like it either. I was reading a story from a couple of days ago. I'm hoping you can give us some more insight about your mental performance, coach. Like, I know that's become much more the norm for people. What all does that entail? And how do you
3: find a person that fits with you? <laughs> Man, that's kind of crazy. Uh, I've been working with Brian Kane since I was 11 years old. Wow. So it's been a long time. So I kind of fell in love with his stuff way back in the day. And it was just kind of part of my routine going through high school, going through all that kind of stuff. Um, and then we developed a personal relationship my sophomore year of college. Um, so that's kind of, we just kind of gelled that way. He was just kind of all I knew. And that's just kind of what I've run with.
1: Is it an everyday deal? Is it a once a week deal?
3: Uh, communicating with him is just kind of on a need basis. But. Okay. Uh, my routine wise, it's everyday. All right, so
1: 2023 AL Rookie of the Year Josh Young joining us. <laughs> mm-hmm. right Although now. it sounds like he's motivated by the fact that you're
0: sixth in the betting odds. Fifth, is the last. Fifth. I, okay, you know what? I say sixth. Okay. <laughs> so people really, people really don't believe in you. So it, uh, hey, that's what works for me. Does oh, oh, that, yeah, oh, does yeah. that motivate you? Like I, I know everyone gets motivated by different things, but I always tell people, tell me I can't do something and I'll do it. Is that a motivating factor for you? Oh, all? definitely. It's fuel the fire See? for
3: sure. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, coming back from shoulder surgery last year, there's going to be kinks in the in the road, right? So in the big league, struggled a little bit, but it was all just trying to feel out the shoulder again. I think I really only had two solid weeks last year, and they were both in AAA. Uh, the first two weeks, I came back, and then after that, it was just like a grind, trying to figure out the shoulder deal, staying healthy, all that kind of stuff.
0: I have one more question on the mental side, then, is... How was that transition of physically, they're like, you can do it, you can do it. But mentally, how do you cross that bridge of like, okay, I think I felt something weird. or You know what I'm saying?
3: Definitely. You're always kind of thinking, oh, gosh, is something going to happen? For me, luckily, nothing really ever did. Uh, A little soreness, but that was pretty much expected. Um, Came back pretty fast. But it was more of a mechanics thing, I think, for me. I think I was overthinking it a little bit. Um or thinking about it too much, if that makes sense, yeah. going through my swing and just the daily progression of it all. I think uh, that's where I kind of locked myself up a little bit.
1: How much this year is about Josh Young's health? Because that's <laughs> one of those of it. things. It's like, like, man, <laughs> if he it. can stay healthy to play, you know, 150 games or so, right. it would just be the best part of this year if Josh Young can play 150 games.
3: That's what we're trying to do. Yeah. Uh, we're investing in some stuff to try to stay healthy, and that's the biggest thing. So for me this year for sure
1: last year i got to take my son he said i have to go when you got called up my 13 now 14 he said i have to go to this game i have to see josh young playing his first game and in your first at bat you hit a home run and i mean the crowd standing ovation your your family is there behind first base talk about that moment and i don't want to like how 3-2 pitch right and you uh, did I think, you know it was 1-2 1-2 one, two, one, one, two? Two maybe i knew you were behind in the count did you know it was gone when you hit it, and just that feeling of first at-bat in the major leagues is a home run.
3: Okay, I'll kind of take you through the whole thing then. Right. So get called up from AAA on a Wednesday. Thursday's an off day, opening or my opening day, I guess it's Friday, debut. Um, struggling, man, AAA. I wasn't hitting the baseball at all. Just gotten it shoved up my butt by OKC the week before. <laughs> Sugar Land was shoving it up my butt those first couple of days. So I was just like, man, and I'm getting called up to the big leagues. Uh, I think my last at-bat and triple, I hit a double or something. So I was like, okay, little confidence here Ooh. going up to the big leagues. But uh, get to the big leagues, you know, hear your name over the intercom for the first time, or I guess the PA system for the first time. Chuck Morgan. Um, as you're stretching out there in the outfield, and the fans cheered pretty loud, and I was like, wow, that's super cool. Um, but then stepping up to the plate for the first time, it was just like, wow, like I'm here. Um, this is what I've always worked for, for moments like this, to just get here. Um, so just getting in the box, I was like, okay, be aggressive, just put it in play. That's all we're worried about today, is just put it in play. Uh, first pitch foul ball, I think second pitch foul ball. I was like, oh, gosh, here we go again. I've been in this situation way too much over the past month. Um, down 0-2, I think he wasted a pitch, and then he hung the changeup down the middle. And I hit it, and I was like, oh, too high. Because I hit it at like 40 degrees, which is too usually high. never really a homer. <laughs> um, but the roof was open, and they say the ball travels better with the roof open. And so it just kept going, and I'm running around first, watching it. Toppy gets to the wall. I was like, oh, no, that would just be anticlimactic, right? <laughs> Catches it on the wall. And then he does, like, a little jump, and it snuck out. And I'm just like, wow, it's unbelievable. So cool. But just, like, first off, I don't know how I hit it. <laughs> Second of all, just kind of blacked out going around the base. Did you
1: look up at your parents when you touched home plate? I had no idea
3: where they were. <laughs> okay.
1: I, I know where they were. They were right
3: next to me. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. I was at,
2: we were at the game, too, uh-huh. and my son, was it was his first time to see you. And he was just like, w- later on, we were standing next to your parents up on the mezzanine area. And I was listening to them talk to uh, one of the guys. He, they called him Coach. I don't know exactly who he was, but I was kind of listening in. And uh, and my son was like, oh, he's back up to he's back to the bat. I gotta go watch him play right now. <laughs> so he's really excited to see you. And I think that's where the fan base is: is you're kind of this young face that's about to take on this organization as a the young player. Or do you do you feel that kind of at all, or are you like
3: no, nah, it's it's different. Kind of embrace it or try to embrace it as much as I can. Um, growing up in Texas, then going to Texas Tech, staying in Texas for my pro career. It's just like kind of known around Texas now because I've been in Texas for so long. So it's pretty cool. Um, I love it. I embrace it. It's super super fun to be a part of.
0: You talked about some of your struggles at A. After you hit that home run in your first at bat, are you like, oh, my God, I'm going to kick Major this League so Baseball's easy. ass? <laughs> this is so easy. This is the best. And those pitchers at A are way
3: harder. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when I hit it, I was just like, thank you for leaving that right down the middle and thank you for my barrel running into it. Because at that moment, there's there's times where you just go through it. You're like, I don't know how I got my barrel there. It just kind of got there. It wasn't one of those flush feelings off the bat that you were just like, "Oh, got it. It was just like, oh, I hit it, and it's kind of going. It's carrying pretty well. Um, so we're trying to get back to that flush feeling where you kind of know it. In the future,
0: Corey, he'll retell the story, and he'll mm-hmm. be like, oh, I knew I crushed it yeah. straight away. <laughs> yeah. and I had it. Yeah, first pitch." yeah. Uh, as every year goes on, it was like, oh, no doubt, or triple-decker.
2: Last year, as you came in, like the expectations of this team were very different, and now the Rangers said, hey, we're going to add some pitching to this thing, and we're going to add this, and the elements all seem to be coming together, and now you have a new manager. What is what is the kind of difference from the end of the season to what y'all are feeling going into this one right now?
3: I mean, towards the end of the year, we were out of the race. Um, so we were trying to play spoiler as much as we could. Okay. Because I mean, we played a ton of playoff teams down the stretch when I was up there. Um, So we were just trying to play some good baseball there at the end. Um, Didn't really have a manager. Bees was taking over. Woody had gotten fired a couple months before. Um, But then just the trajectory from where we kind of ended the season to kind of where we're going is just like, wow, night and day, truly. You can just feel the energy in the clubhouse has really picked up. You know, we got some legit starters on the mound, uh, which is only going to help our depth because, I mean, we had good starters. uh, But now that we got legit starters, those guys can help us out in the middle innings and It's just going to be fun to see how that kind of all comes together. But then just from a hitting side, it's like we got kind of the same core coming back. Mm -hmm. We know we can hit the baseball. Now let's all kind of get that camaraderie, kind of have that nine-on-one mentality and just go play ball.
1: I'm going to go back to last year for just a second. Were you on third base when Aaron Judge broke the record?
3: Unfortunately, oh.
1: so what was that like? I, back? I can't imagine being on the other team when somebody hits a historic home run. But what was that like? <laughs> I mean, <you> uh, can. <laughs> he As. definitely can't. Hold on, <laughs> you gave up the Bonds he gave home up run. The. <laughs> Record-breaking Barry Bonds home
0: run where he surpassed <laughs> Hank Aaron. So he can definitely imagine what that. like. Yeah, at least like. you were just on
1: third base. Yeah. <laughs> he threw the pitch. Uh, uh, but was it, was it in the – I mean, I know you don't want to start off the game losing, but to get to be there in that moment where Aaron Judge – I know he didn't break the all-time right. record, but he did break the American League Roger Maris record.
3: I mean, yeah, as a baseball fan, that's just a moment you can look back on and say, dude, I was right there. I was on, I was at third base when that happened. Um but as a ranger, you're just like, God, why are we throwing a breaking ball with this guy right here? <laughs> We've been pounding him with fastballs. He hadn't done a ton of damage yet. Let's just keep pounding him. I, we, we hung a breaking ball, and he hits it out. And it's just like, oh, yeah. dang it, we had a good plan. I felt like going in. Well, I um, take you
1: back. If you were in college and you had that seat in left field and you caught that ball, what would you have done with that ball?
3: Truly, as a baseball fan, I'm giving it back to Aaron Judge. I'm like, dude, okay. this is – would a you once have in a lifetime back thing. From the and on the <laughs> oh road? no! Was, That's no. what I said. I would have yeah. done. I was like, I'm
2: such a Rangers fan. I don't. It's a Yankee. No, I'm throwing it back. No,
3: I'm holding on to it. I'm meeting them. Might ask for an autograph or a bat or something. and I'm giving them that ball.
0: I'm asking him for my kids' college tuition. <laughs> That's what, like I appreciate everything that he did. I was like. Bro, you're about to get paid so much money. I need to send my two kids to college, so like, let's just make this transaction. Well, money. you know yeah. when uh,
2: when when Josh breaks that record, that that oh my gosh, oh, that's on. so much pressure. If you catch the ball, would you? Uh, let's go ahead and get this agreement now. Okay. If Noah goes to Tech, would that be would that be a deal for you? Here's the deal. I have
0: <laughs> an 18 year old who's about to go to college, and I also have a six month old at home. He's so very, if yeah. you break this record, I'm gonna need some sort of financing <laughs> for at least the young. One. The okay. older one by that point, like, we're probably about done. So I'm just going to let you know. Don't be like, hey, you're just going to give it to me. I'll be like, Man, we talked about this. We yeah. talked about this two or three years ago. I think that's a pretty
3: fair trade. Okay. See,
0: we, we made some business happen. Especially right if here. they go to Texas Tech. Yeah. That makes okay. it even better. What if they go to Texas? Ooh. Ooh. No. Texas you can keep A&M. the ball.
2: Okay, yeah. <laughs> I am a little curious. You talked about the pitching part of it. And does, like, does that get the offensive side pretty juiced No one like, we got DeGrom on the mound today. Does that? change
3: like the way y'all get energized for a game oh definitely um I think just our starting rotation we're energized but when you have guys out there that you know we're going to go keep it a close ball game it just gives you a little bit of extra I don't know if the word is momentum or just kind of camaraderie as a team like hey we're going to go we got a really good chance to win today yeah and I think just having that in the rotation when we got a couple guys like that it's just going to be cool to go out there every night and just perform
0: Well, I want you to just look around, turn right behind (laughs) you. I think that means that as much as we enjoy this conversation, it's time to cede it to the skipper. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. And seriously, the Rangers fan base is very excited about seeing you, man. So we appreciate the time very much. Thank you
3: all very much. Appreciate it. There you
0: go, Josh Young. And we will transfer it over. (laughs) Yeah, you can just hand it off to him to... Bruce Bochi, the manager for the Texas Rangers, (laughs) making moves happen already. The game's (laughs) not for about three hours, but we're already making moves happen. Oh, we got it backwards. Might need to flip your (laughs) headset around.
3: Just gosh, that's
0: bad.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You've got to work on his exchange a little bit there. Yeah.
0: All right, here we go. We've got Texas Rangers new manager. We've had a little time with that new manager, Bruce Bochy. Good morning, sir, and thank you for joining the show.
4: Good morning. Thanks. Thanks for having me here. It's good to be here.
0: Now we were curious about one logistical thing. Is originally was Jack Leiter going to start, and can you tell us anything about switching it up today? No,
4: you know what? We just uh, uh, decided to you know pitch him during the middle of the game, and I I think he's. Uh, you know he's good for at least an inning, and that you know I think more than anything, uh, just to make a little adjustment with these young kids and uh, not too, you know, not to put too much attention on him, whatever. Just let him come in the middle of the game. That's all. So when
0: people like us are hyped about Lighter and Rocker, do you want to tell us to calm down just a little bit?
4: <laughs> well, those guys, especially, you know, they're they're going to be amped up, you know, as they should be. That's that's always the case in spring training, uh, you know, with young players and. You know, they want to, you know, show how good they are. And uh, you know, and we tell them, you know, we're, we're not evaluating right now. You know, they're trying to get ready for the season. And, uh, you know, he's not going to make her club. And uh, we want to make sure they, they know that yeah. so they don't overdo it. And, you know, the last thing we want are any setbacks or injuries. So uh, it's kind of looking after Jack, too.
0: I, I can definitely see how this might just be a private stay in the clubhouse thing. But we've been told from multiple people that, your introduction speech to them made people want to run through a wall and go kick some ass. Can you tell us anything about what? (laughs) That's what I've heard from every player we talk to. Pretty much. Can you tell us anything about that and how you, how do you set the tone in a clubhouse?
4: Well, um, I mean, as a manager, when, when you address your club, especially, you know, this is the first time that they, they really have, have a chance to get to know me and what, what I want to get accomplished. And, uh, and so, you know, they're getting a feel for, uh, for me and I'm getting a feel for them. But, uh, you know, during the course of, of the winter, you know, I'm talking to staff members, CY and everybody about, you know, where they think the club is, you know, what's the needs and things like that. So things that, you know, I jot down and then, uh, and you know I'm going down the road. I may think of something, uh, but anyway, when I come here in spring training, you know, you're adjusting on things you may want to get across to them, but, uh, more than anything uh you know, I want these guys to know I you know care for them as a person as much as a player too, and uh but we you know we have some work to do, we have some games to make up uh you know it hasn't gone well, and uh, you know, I want all of us to you know look in the mirror and ask ourselves how, how you know how how can we be different how how can we think different you know how how can we you know uh, be different in the clubhouse things like that but uh, also the things that have to get have to be done i, I don't care about all the changes in baseball but you're going to have the <laughs> the fundamentals that are always going to be there and you know hey yeah we we're, we're going to work on them and there's a lot of things we got to work on
1: Boach, one of my favorite teammates of all time was Marco Scudero, and I know he helped win a World Series for you. Unbelievably great player. And over the last, let's say, five to six years, it seems like a player like Marco Scudero maybe would never get a chance to play Major League Baseball. And I'm wondering if that is going to maybe shift a little bit because I think those guys are so valuable to teams. I understand you need your superstars, but a guy like Marco Scudero helped you win a World Series. Can you talk about – that type of player and how valuable they can be to a team, a winning team.
4: Right, right. Well, we, first of all, we call them blockbuster. You know, we're at the trade deadline, so we're looking for for this blockbuster trade, you know, where, whether it's going to be an impact uh, pitcher on the mound or, you know, a three- or four-hole hitter. And uh, Brian Sabian comes in and says, uh, we got you scooter and, uh, and I knew Marco from watching him <laughs> So anyway, uh, we pick him up, and uh, and he just changed our club, like you said. Uh, I mean, he proceeded to hit I think, 360, 360 plus from that point on. Uh, if you go back, uh, we had Melky Cabrera, who was having a tremendous year. Well, he got he got busted, so to speak, uh, on the uh, on his situation. So we needed somebody to help us out there. And Marco did that hitting at the top of the order, the catalyst uh, made things go solid second base. Uh, wasn't one tool that stands out on, on Marco, but they just, he's a ball player and, uh, and he changed our club and, uh, you know, ended up getting a hit to win the last game of the world series, but uh, he just kept us going. And uh, it's probably one, one of the biggest, uh, I think important trades at the deadline that the giants ever had. And, and uh, so you're grateful for that but getting to your point you need guys like that to know how to play the game they and also not just know how to play the game but uh, also in that clubhouse and, you know they you know they're, they're I mean they're just leader type guys and that's who Marco was and uh had a confidence about him but uh, very professional and you know and he's just a fun guy to be around I, we had our re- reunion in 2012 and uh, it's he, he, you know he just so he's one of my favorite all-time players and i didn't have him that long
2: Man, and Mike, you talk about him all the time. and one of your favorite teammates, too. We just learned, by the way, Bruce will be with us throughout the season. It sounds oh, like Tuesdays. For torture. 80s. Sorry. <laughs> torture. <laughs> no, it's going to be awesome. We're yeah. right? looking forward to it. Maybe for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try and keep it fun. And the, uh, by the way, have you ever, like, wanted to be on Yellowstone at all? Because you got the voice for, for like, any kind of Montana-style uh, cowboy. I yeah. Uh, you know what? That-
4: I mean, I, I haven't heard Yellowstone, but uh, you know, I, I have heard that. But, uh, it, it's a great show, yeah. <laughs> Sam Elliott, I get all the time, but uh, you know, that's a great show, isn't it? And uh, yeah, I don't watch as much as I used to, but uh, just a uh, great job, and uh, it's. And I love Montana. I go up there every winter, so I'm, I'm an elk uh, hunter. I don't know if I should be saying that, that's but right. uh, I, I do uh, chase the elk around in the off season. That's a lot of fun for me. The um with, with this team, we grew up Rangers fans. Yeah. We, we both
2: did. Mike was in Duncanville growing up a Rangers fan, too. We had
0: to have a discussion with Ezekiel Duran this morning about why we hate the Yankees. Yeah, there's a lot and of... And he goes, but why? And I was like, I'll tell you why. 96, 98, 99.
2: And, and, and one of the things we know as Rangers fans is we didn't have pitching. Like, we just didn't have a lot of pitching the whole our whole life watching this team. We had a really good group in that 10-11 that year that was a lot of fun. Uh, but this team, this is—I think—that's where we're looking. The identity is like pitching right now. It was always hitting for Rangers fans. Do you kind of feel that the identity is going to change throughout the year? Oh, no question.
4: I, yeah, and, you know, it, it, it its i mean, it's a team that's going to score some runs. But uh, you know, we we have gotten pitcher-centric. Uh, when when you look at the rotation that uh, we have that C whites put together this winter, I mean, and it's. It's really what, uh, you know, helps you get to where you want to go. You're talking about the postseason and hopefully a championship is uh, is that rotation and the bullpen, obviously. But, uh, you know, you you got to have pitching. you got to have a guy that goes out there every day and gives you a chance to win. And we feel like we have that. We feel like whoever we're playing, we're going to match up and uh, have a chance to win that ball game. And, uh, you know, yeah, I look back at the Braves, all those uh, divisions they won. I mean, you look at the rotation every day, you know, they – those guys gave them quality starts, and uh, that's what we're looking for, and, um, you know, that's that's uh, what we did in San Francisco. You know, they were more offensive-minded, and uh, we got the Lensicums, L- uh, the Canes, the uh, uh, Bungardners, and, and those guys, and uh, it just changed our club. So, you know, that's what we're hoping uh, that happens here.
0: To go along with that, how important are Otto, Dunning, Oda like people like that, because it would be lovely if – these five started every single game this year but realistically that doesn't usually happen how important does that make the depth of your pitching too
4: yeah you know what i found out over my years you know you you can lose a position player out there and it's a little easier to replace them but you you lose a starter they're a little tougher to replace so you know these guys you just mentioned Otto and the dunnings uh you know they're they're going to play an important part uh, of our season, uh, whether it's in the rotation or uh, in the bullpen. And you know I, I don't know you know what our bullpen's going to be, but uh, I can tell you this: we're going to have have to have some multiple inning guys down there, and and those guys sometimes they turn out to be the most valuable pitcher in the bullpen. Just to give you that. an example: I've mentioned is uh, Petit who I had um, for a few years, and the innings that he gave us and the, the spot starts, and uh, this guy saved us so many times. So we're going to have to have you know a couple guys step up and help us out there because, let's face it, these starters don't go as, as long as they used to, so you need those guys.
1: We had Al Leiter kind of put together a point system to kind of make a month competitive amongst the starters. Is there something that... Uh, whether it's you, whether it's a veteran guy like DeGrom or John Gray, to kind of make like a month competitive, like a win is worth this many points, a quality <laughs> star is worth this, to kind of, whoever loses for us, we had to pay for dinner at the end of the month yeah. uh, for a really nice dinner. Is there kind of things like that can make uh, things a little bit more competitive?
4: Yeah, you know what, there there are things that, uh, you know, they may be doing, I don't know, it hasn't yeah. been talked about yet, but, uh, you know, to that point, yeah, it's uh, it's a fun thing, too, that's, you know, and, so I wouldn't be surprised if, if something like that came up, uh, but I can tell these guys—you know—it's uh, uh, really a cohesive uh, rotation, and not just rotation, but pitching staff. And Mike uh, Maddox—he does a great job. He has his morning meeting going over, the, you know, the previous day's outing, and and uh, but they—I can tell they really have come together. And uh, but it's a credit to him on, on how he's bringing them together, and uh, so it's fun to watch. But you know, I, I'm I'm looking forward to see. You know, seeing what happens as far as doing things like like you're talking about.
1: And I saw DeGrom over there yesterday. He didn't throw a pen, but he hung out with the guys throwing pens. Like, I'm going to, even though I'm not throwing today, I'm still going to be over here with the guys today.
4: Yeah, and and that's important, I think, you know, because sometimes we can all get on our own program. But, uh, you know, it's just about caring about your teammates, you know, getting outside of your little world and seeing how you can help somebody else, uh, you know, whether it's, going out there watching them or saying something to them, you know, words of encouragement or maybe even kicking them in the tail, whatever it is, uh, you know, so that's about being a good teammate. And uh, I can tell these guys are great teammates.
2: And something Mike was talking about yesterday was major leaguers being here and the younger guys realizing I have to I have to play up to this level. The younger players, I got to earn a spot on this club. this team has done a good job of adding some of those other veterans that really kind of make the younger guys say, I got, are they, do they get tight? Do they get a little nervous or how does that kind of, and how do you balance like letting them know where they are and where they can be?
4: Uh, And you're talking about the younger players. Yeah, the younger players. You know what, uh, this is the great thing about spring training. It's always good to get here, but. You know, it's just getting those younger players to get that, that, that feeling, uh, that sense of belonging, uh, and the veterans can help them. And, uh, but, you know, help them not only feeling like, you know, they should be here, but helping them, you know, carry themselves like major leaguers or, or improve their game. And uh, so and I try to promote that as much as I can. That's why I love putting kids out there. And, uh, and you know, it just – You know, it just makes that grace period when they come up or, you know, you got a Josh Young who you just talked to, uh, you know, it's this game's tough enough. And uh, but when you have the veterans that are supporting you and, uh, you know, they have your back, it makes it a lot easier. When I came up, I mean, we we couldn't say anything. I mean, we were we. uh, we had, uh, you know, be quiet and. Uh,
0: You'd be put back in your place. Yeah, very we, we, we
4: couldn't go in the training room. We went in the training room, somebody would bark at us. But uh, the wow. game's changed a little bit now, and uh, these guys welcome these guys. They're more involved in the games. You know, you go back. 30 years ago, these guys are playing seven or eight innings in spring training. You know, they rarely, rarely get uh, any at-bats. I, Freeman, for example, get three at-bats yesterday. My first two spring trainings, I had one at-bat, you know. But wow. I think of that because I was there, and he's catching all these bullpens. And granted, it was 13-2, but uh, I said, you know, this kid, uh, you know, this, this is something he'll always remember.
1: How long did it take you as a manager to just sit there no matter what happened, good, bad, indifferent, and not have any emotion on the bench? Because that's always – whatever manager it is, for the most part, you know, it could be a big error. It could be a big hit. And for the most part, managers just kind of, guys, give me five, all right. How long did it take you to be like, I'm not going to have any emotion here so nobody can ever say any of this?
4: Yeah, you know what? Yeah. Uh here in the clubhouse. <laughs> no, 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 you know, there's times on, on the field too, you know, don't don't let sometimes what you see believe what's going on inside a manager, uh, but uh you know, you, you realize that camera's probably going right to you anyway, but uh you know, I I learned from a player, Ken Kimenetti. Uh yeah, we got him from uh, Houston. I was with, uh, I was with San Diego at the time and uh, and he asked me that. He goes, "I'm just curious during a game or you know, you you fired up or whatever, and he and uh, he went on to say he had a manager one time. He made an error and he looked in the dugout and the manager was throwing a cooler. He said he was so tight like he didn't want another ball hit to him. I said no, no, I, I I got you. Cause this game's hard enough to play. And you look over there and they're snapping and stuff. Trust me, it was. You, know, I had some tough managers uh, when I came up, and uh, so I tried to. I try not to forget how hard this game is. I wasn't a good player, and so I, I really understand how hard the game is.
0: Well, we appreciate you coming up, and f- we love to talk with you all day. Fortunately, we, we've got our clock as well, but every week on clock Tuesdays. the clocks are everywhere. I, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Major League Baseball told us to hustle it up. <laughs> so, thank you very much, good sir. We look forward right, to talking with you. you all season long. All right, there you, you go. Texas Rangers best manager best. Bruce yes, Bochy right here on your home of the Rangers, 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, what is sure to be the shortest version of baseball nuggets in recorded history, next on The Fan. KNC masterpiece back here on 105 through the fan. got to be a really short segment as we had a bunch of great interviews. Thank you to Sonic. Mm. Mm. Oh, <laughs> oh, it's so good. Stop doing that. Yum. <laughs> for bringing us out to spring training and now Sonic. it's time for fake baseball
1: nuggets with Mike Bassick. All right, you know what? For baseball nuggets, Corey's going to C block here. Let's go to the C block.
2: Let's wow. roll two in here. Let's roll two. All right. So I was just. Talking to Jared, they were laughing about a story. They were laughing about something during right. the interview. I was like, what are y'all laughing about? I think we have a situation with Chiafalo needing to learn some etiquette around here, this guys. Is what did he
3: do? What evidently,
2: he do? so we all, Kevin, you and I both saw him standing on the Rangers T logo in the to. middle of the locker room. And he was like, oh, or the clubhouse. He was like, oh, I'm not supposed to do that. And evidently... <laughs> He walked over and sat down on the pitcher's couch (laughs) and put his arm like around one of the guys and just started. I don't know who it was, but just started chatting him up. That's awesome. And And from what Jared said, there weren't any other like high level pitchers there. It was a bunch of younger guys, so nobody was like, "Hey." You're not supposed to be here. But Jacob Degrom have told him to f off. Well, and that's I don't know. And Matt, Mike Hicks was like, "Who would? Who on this sta- this club is like that?" And Jared was like, "Man, Lance Lynn, I bet would have probably been one of those kind of oh, guys yeah. last year." But there it is. Chiafalo just goes and sits down casually on that's the pitcher's awesome. couch. Mike, are you supposed?
1: Are we supposed to do that? You're not supposed to do that. <laughs> but I applaud Eric Chiafalo. <laughs> not that he did it knowing he couldn't do it. He just did it knowing he didn't know. <laughs> And I would say if John Blake was in the clubhouse, Rich Rice was just outside the clubhouse, you Mm -hmm. know? But if John Blake was inside the clubhouse, I'm pretty sure John Blake would have said, Hey, (laughs) off the couch. (laughs) So... Well, that is great, though. Yeah, See, he's like a he's like part of the team now. Yeah, he's just he's. Did a he take Ranger. his pants off and just sit there in his underwear? I saw so cross many.
2: I saw so many pants off this morning for some reason. That's the first. Usually, I walk in and it's just like everybody's kind of doing their thing. But this morning, a lot of guys were changing. It was awkward.
1: Well, you just you're just hanging out in your underwear because you don't want to, you know it's when it's time to put on baseball pants, you put them on. But yep. It's just a you know it's comfortable around the house to hang out in your underwear. You don't wear them, so I mm. guess you just hang out in no. I just underwear. wear shorts. I okay. just wear
2: just just shorts. Yeah. Yeah. And if you you know
1: like, you don't want to put on shorts when you don't really need them, yeah. Like fact. hey, I'm going to put on shorts for ten minutes. I'll, I'll just hang out in my underwear until it's time to put on my baseball pants.
2: Yeah, it's not like baby making time. We're saying hey, let's keep our shorts on. You know I want
0: to. I want to know if he knew which pitcher he was
1: talking to. Well, you know we'll, we'll have
2: him on later okay. today and ask him. Great cross talk with the G. That is Asian.
1: baseball nuggets brought to you by the C Block, <laughs> where Eric Chiafalo is now part of the Texas Rangers <laughs> and he's couching it with the guys. Look at that. Coming up next, <laughs>
0: could Jason and kids post-game jab actually make an impact 877-881-1053 we'll do it next right here on the fan